And so then we can write the goal. And when we write the goal with everything that we just talked about, you can imagine now if you go away and did this for yourself, how different the writing the goal now is when you consider everything that it is that we just discussed, the three other steps, rather than just going straight to writing the goal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Goals Do Come True with me, Doug Bennett. Today, I'm very excited. I'm joined by Daniel Lawson. Now, he is an adventurepreneur, right? So that's a little bit of a different take. An entrepreneur, he's a business owner, a coach, a facilitator. We've got some free stuff that he's got access to, which we'll tell you about as we go along the way. But having just come back from a week in the Black Forest on my Pan America, which is a Harley Davidson, we were just about to get started in some of his goals and stuff like that. And I had to bring him back just a couple of seconds because we were both getting rather excited about it all, just so that you could share. So here we go. Daniel, tell us a little bit about, are you Dan? Are you Daniel? Whatever, actually, I don't really mind too much. Okay. I used to myself as Daniel all the time, and people would call me Dan. So then I switched across to calling myself Dan, and then people were like, "But Daniel's so beautiful." I'm like, "Call me whatever you want." And you know what? Titles. <laughs> we, we actually, when I first got into entrepreneurship, I didn't want to call myself an entrepreneur. I didn't want to call myself an influencer, a digital nomad. I kind of just wanted to do away with all the titles. Until then, I came back and redefined it for something that I really liked, which, as you mentioned, a entrepreneur. And that's kind of stuck a little bit. So that's oh, I love that. I love that phrase. I love that phrase. It's like I got, I, I saw that and I thought, oh, this is going to be good. So tell us how it all started. Well, by the way, yeah, I mean, thanks for, you know, chipping in from Bali at 8 p.m. in the yeah. evening. So yeah, I appreciate I that. To, I, I appreciate it. I had to come back from my uh, a coconut on my beach. Coconut, not my beach, everyone's beach. I had to come back a little bit earlier, wash my feet so I could jump on the school with it. <laughs> God, it's a hard life, isn't it? All right. How 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 many people out there feeling like just a little bit envious? But we're going to work out how we can make this happen for everybody, really. So, yeah, Daniel, yeah. a lovely named Daniel. Go for it, mate. <laughs> Tell us all about yourself. Well, where do we start? I was just about to share. Actually, I, you got me. You got me fired up when you're talking about you know doing these trips around on your Harley Davidson. It's probably not quite the style of motorbike that I'd choose to ride. But when we're going out riding, what it is that we love to the places that we love, I just had to share this. This it was the inspiration that just came across in your voice when you're talking about that of this dream, this big crazy dream that it wasn't even a dream. Actually, it was a bit of a a bar yarn, if you like, when somebody is talking about crazy things. And I said, well, you know what I'm going to do one day is ride a motorbike to Nepal. Everyone's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, yeah, maybe. I don't know where we're going to start from. And this was, this was probably seven years ago before, you know, like my life was very different back then. Probably about 18 months ago when I moved to Bali, I was here with my brother and we're talking about this old crazy dream that we used to talk about. And it came up again and again and again. We're like, actually, it's quite achievable now. We're living here in Bali, which as you know, is in Indonesia in Southeast Asia, Nepal's at the top of Southeast Asia. And we started talking about it. We're like, oh yeah, okay. And we're talking about what kind of motorbikes that we needed. And then the very next week, we just ended up being down in Jimbaran, which is about um, about half an hour away from where we live at the factory where they build motorbikes. 
And it turns out my brother was like, all right, well, I'm in. Let's make this dream come true. He goes and puts a $1,000 deposit down on this bike just so he can take it for a test ride. We took it for a test ride. He's like, yep, well, I paid my deposit. I'm going to get it. And uh, it's been a bit of a kick up the ass for me. We've been riding around on this one bike. We need to get a second one planning to go to Nepal in February. So we're not going to be riding into the Himalayas, <laughs> you know, in the middle of winter. But this is the big crazy goal that we're walking towards at the moment and creating the steps around that. And I thought maybe that's where we're going to go today. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Well, I mean, you hit upon it there because it's a crazy dream, but now it has a deadline and a date and actions being taken. So now it's a goal and it's an achievable goal. And that is the simple difference between a dream and a goal is you put a deadline on it. So what motorbike did he buy? So it's called a Hunter Maverick. Which it's very similar to maybe a CB500X or a, so it's a proper adventure bike. It actually looks very similar to a, a, a GS, BMW GS yeah. 12-pup, I believe. It looks yeah. almost identical to one of those. Um, but a smaller a engine. Yeah, but it's more, more whippy. Yeah, um, fun bike compared to, you know, most people ride scooters here in Bali. And if you're lucky, you get like a, a 150 dirt bike or something like that. So he's cruising around on his 500cc Big toy. <laughs> and so are they reasonably priced over there in Bali? Or is yeah, very like, you know. Yeah, well, having it built here means that we don't have to pay import taxes and right. duties on it. So, you know, you could go and buy you know, the Honda or the Kawasaki Versus or BMW, but you pay like, end up paying 200% more. Yeah. Build it here and buy it brand new for about, it's 180 mil. So it's oh, Australian dollars. I don't know. I'm still trading on Australian dollars. So it's about... $17,000 or something for a brand new right. bike, which I think is pretty reasonable. That's not bad. It's yeah. about 10, 10K UK, I think, something like that. Something like that. I hear your currency's not that good at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're being battered left, right and centre, all manner of things going on. But okay, so so that's happening in February, right? Yeah, geez, now I've said it. I'm now I've taken it a step it's out further. There. So. It's out there. It's out there. Better get my shit together. <laughs> yeah. I would, yeah, you're going to need an adventure bike. I'm going to have to say I did the Himalayas on a Royal Enfield 500 Bullet about, oh, 12 years ago. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing, you know, getting up there and you need a bike that's going to take you up to 15,000 feet in the snow and all the rest of it. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you. Jeez, what a what a choice of bike. How, how did that how did that go on that kind of bike? It was tricky because the gearbox is upside down and the brakes on the, the opposite side of a general European bike. So so it was fairly complicated. And we picked them up in the pouring rain on the really, really, really busy main road. We drove them out of the car park of this hotel where we picked them up. And it's like, right, okay, so gearbox on the wrong side. Okay. And if I put the brake on, I'm going to go up a couple of gears. So without the clutch in, so it became rather complicated. And also, you know, you're going to want the brake if it's peeing down with rain as well. So, so it was quite a challenging start, but by the end of it, you know, it was incredible. So that's why I'm, you know, I saw Adventurepreneur. It's like, oh my God, that is such music to my ears. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So what, what else are you doing to goal setting? Right. It's funny. I love the topic of goals because I think goals are, are something that every successful person does. Yet, you know, every six, if we look at the theme with successful people, they all set goals. Yet the majority of people aren't doing it. 
Yeah. I think it's I think that's a quite an incredible thing. I trust that your listeners here, if they've been listening to your podcast for a while, I'm sure you've had there's been plenty of amazing conversations about setting goals. No, and, absolutely. But I'm totally with you on that. It's such a simple thing to do. Yeah. It makes such a massive difference to your life. And you know, the, there are so many people out there and it's like, oh, I'll just stick with what I've got. It's like, yeah. Well, no, no. Give your brain an opportunity to make a difference to your life. Yeah, absolutely. And then we take that further then is going, well, if successful people do it, yet so many people aren't doing it. Then we've got this middle ground of feeling like, well, some people kind of do it and maybe not following the right structure or strategy to what actually makes a great goal. Because like, you know, let's, let's be honest on New Year's resolutions. Everyone has a goal then. We set a goal. <laughs> and then what happens? few weeks in, oh, the goal's gone out the window. Absolutely. So I kind of asked, we start asking the question, what makes a great goal? How, how do we actually go through and achieve these crazy impossible dreams? Like the one of riding a motorbike to the Himalayas, that was impossible. Now it's coming into reality. Or even the smaller goal of going, well, I'm going to set this goal for the new year of maybe losing weight or stopping drinking or whatever these kind of life-changing value change goals could be through to starting a business or whatever it is. And that's that's where my I start getting really excited about goal setting and the difference that it can make in life when we start unlocking the code of, well, what's a great goal versus one that's just not going to work. Okay, so what's the code? What's the code? <laughs> what is the code? Well, going back, which one? There's, there's a couple of codes. I, I think um, one of the big ones, so if we're talking about maybe more, I think going back to the scary impossible goals, when I started connecting with that idea of going to the Himalayas, it came down to three steps that I realized how we can bring those seemingly impossible dreams. You know, we talk about dream big and, you know, shoot for the impossible and make it possible. And there was three steps that I found myself going through that really started bringing that to life. Now, I don't like sharing things that aren't a complete story yet, but I've noticed that I've done this in the past and that has been a complete story. I just happened to discover it in this. This is the most unachievable, the most impossible goal that I've set yet. And the first thing that I realized was coming up with something so crazy that it was not everyone is inspired by crazy, I guess. Not everyone is inspired by the impossible. But if we're looking through the frame of an entrepreneur or going with something that's going to inspire you and motivate you enough to go, it's got a little bit of interest. I think we'll shoot for that, is doing that. And then the second step that I found myself doing was, at first it was a joke over a beer. I talked about it with my brother and then we're at the bar and over a few more beers. And as we spoke about it, shared it with more people, and this is why I wanted to share it here today as well, it starts adding weight to it share it to more people and other people going, wow, that's incredible. That's inspiring. That's amazing. And the feedback loop that comes from that starts, for me, it's been building this flame within me that ignites it every time I do it. Then I'm like, oh, now it's got this real passion, inspiration and motivation and probably a bit of, uh, well, saying it here, I feel like I need to need to even go and do it more. So that was the second step is just sharing it. And then as I shared it, it was we got to Bali, we got here where it was slightly more achievable. And the third step was just taking small action steps. When we talk about impossible goals, I think a lot of people tried to solve all the problems in their head that are three steps down the line. And that just turns into overwhelm. Yes. It's not really that useful. No, right. it, it, is, it is as simple as, right, well, what's the next smallest yeah. achievable step? Yeah, realistic for me to do today to get me closer. Your first thing was your brother going to the dealership 
and having so to put down a thousand dollars before to- that it was actually um looking just at motorbikes online right. <laughs> yeah. and you know like as one motorbike lover to a next or somebody else listening it could be it could be handbags if there's woman listing on here or shoes or fishing rods or whatever it is when you start looking at something that you're interested in suddenly it's like oh man i gotta do this yeah and so that's what it was and then we're like okay well if these are the bikes suddenly we happen to find it uh, a factory here that was just down the road <laughs> when you're sitting on a bike that you're really really enjoying kind of money just comes i don't know where the money came from we couldn't afford a pre well i haven't bought one yet he's got his he didn't wasn't able to afford it previously but then suddenly he had it built for him and riding out of the factory 1k on the block <laughs> uh, that's really that is the incredible thing about these things mm. right it's like the universe is conspiring for you mm. against you i love that yeah when you you know when you start the actions it's like you know little piece of information comes in and it will go right there was a a little data that's always mm. been there which told him how he could find the money to buy the bike because you said well you couldn't really afford it you can't really afford it but you've i, I think you've just got to put the deposit down yeah. right <laughs> put the deposit down and then the rest will follow yeah because uh, yeah. it has to because it has to because you know you put down a non-refundable 1000 you know pounds or dollar you've got to make the step i mean my last bike my harley davidson or I would say it's not my last bike cuz I've still got plenty of life ahead of me. I've got other bikes that may or may not come into my life. But I bought a personalized number plate six months before I bought the bike. So I invested 250 pounds or 300 pounds in a personalized plate to put on my new bike that would be coming at some stage in the future. So good. It's that sort of thing. I think, you know, you just got to take that little step forward. Take so. Mm. Take a step forward. The, the the one that's achievable. And I think the one for you is just get down there and put the deposit down. Yeah. Another way I see this play out, a, a lot of people, because my my expertise of the space that I play in and in terms of my coaching and, and actually how my whole business has been set up is an entrepreneur, emerging entrepreneurship. And a lot of people like wanting to get out of their corporate job or whatever reality that it is that's not suiting them and move into a lifestyle that they really love. And People come to me and they ask me, okay, so what is that I need to do next? And I ask them a few questions to find out. I don't really like giving advice. I think it's a bit arrogant of me to give anyone advice without knowing what it is that they want to achieve first. But I ask them a few questions. I'm like, okay, well, maybe you want to go away, consider this, do this. And then they go, okay, um, and then what? Do the next thing. And I, I used to do that. And then I come back to them and find out how they went. And if I gave them two or three steps, they just see that the third step and go, that is too much. I'm not going to do any of it. Yeah. And I realized, okay, that's, that was the wrong approach. And it took me a little while to figure this out. I give them the first step. And if they go away, take care of that first step, the little small micro step, and they come back and they go, okay, this is what I did. I took action on it. I got this result. I'm saying, great. Now I can trust you with the next step because they took care of the first one. Their thinking has changed and then they can do it versus what it is that we're talking about, trying to take care of all the steps in your head based on where it is that you are now. It never works. It turns into overwhelm. I like that. So I'm going to come back to a question, right? So we've got the yeah. big, we call it a big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Yes. Okay. So big. that's what it's called, a bag. Big, hairy, audacious goal, right? So your big, hairy, audacious goal at the moment is to get to Nepal on that motorbike. 
Well, it's one of them, yes. Right, That that's the thing. What's the next biggest one? The next biggest goal that I've got at the moment, one of the things that I'm really, really focusing on right now, so my whole business has been oh, through Zoom, through online. It, it was beautiful. Actually, it allowed me to escape the pandemic. So I'm from New Zealand. I was living in Melbourne. And as you might be aware, Melbourne had it pretty bad, especially at the beginning of the pandemic with the lockdowns. And it just didn't really suit my lifestyle as an entrepreneur. <laughs> the best adventures I could go on was, I don't know whether I, ah, it doesn't really matter. It was to I the end to of the on. street, wasn't it? To the end of the well, street and back. Almost. Well, it got to the stage where I'd go outside without my mask on to follow the military police around and see if they couldn't catch me. You know, it was it was a fine if they got if I got caught. But like this was the only adventure I could think of that was a little bit like stimulating. And and actually, it turned out I thought I think I became invisible because they never saw me. I got more and more daring. So that's kind of what it was. I had to escape from that. I came to Bali, and it was I was I was really grateful for the business that I built and the way that I built it that I could do it all online. As the world is opening up, Bali's getting incredibly busy again here now. My big goal is to really start running facilitations and retreats. So taking all my online business and bringing it back into the real world and having an audience. So a lot of my clients are already going, Dan, tell me when it's happening. We want to come to Bali and hang out face to face and interact. Who wouldn't want to do that? Who wouldn't want to do that? You know. Well, yeah. So that is that's one of my. I'm going to the the most advanced facilitation training. There is an August in, in Melbourne. It's hosted or facilitated by Remy Pearson, who is incredible in her space. Her previous name was Sharon Pearson. And yeah, I'm, I'm kind of scared a little bit. Like it, it's taken me quite a few years of facilitation and, and hosting events to just get the courage to step into the fear and go, all right, be in the room with her to develop who it is that I need to become to be able to facilitate really great, powerful events. So it's a, a five-day training in August. And as a result of that, my goal is to then build out my entire retreat workshop. And by the end of this year, it probably, you know, probably started next year, right before I go to Nepal. Around the same time, I'll have a fair bit of a fair bit on my plate, but that's my other really big goal that I'm looking forward to achieving and putting okay. in place. And how are you moving forward on that? I mean, do you write the individual steps down or do you have an app for it? Or had one guest actually had little post-it notes, which she moved around on this big board to to achieve her goal. So how do you yeah. put your goals together? And have you got anything unique or, you know, because they talk about smart goals, which, you know, is your starting point, I think. But, you know, some people develop that on as well. So have you got anything yeah. Well, my take is actually very different. I've never been a goal setter at all throughout my life. So I'll put my hand up and say, I'm terrible at setting goals, <laughs> which is ironic that I'm here. We're talking about goals. One thing I have noticed, though, is a lot of people, and this is why I believe that goals don't work very well with, for a lot of people, is they jump straight to step three. Step three being the action of writing the goal, not the action of actually doing the goal, but writing the goal down. That's the action going, all right, this is my goal. We're writing it down versus taking care of the steps before action. And this is the framework that I bring into a lot of like conversations or coaching or, or anything that it is that I'm creating. And that's really the environment. So the thinking behind it and then the structure within it and then writing the goal actually looks quite different. So where I start, and you know, I just told you my goal, that came as a result of putting a whole lot of work before actually getting to that and knowing why it is that I want to take care of that. So theme, like the the first the first step is really noticing the theme 
And so this is what I take my clients through actually is it's the second module in one of the programs that I coach through. The first module is, it's called the Wheel of Adventurepreneurship, of course, but it's based off the, the Wheel of Life, if you like, or the nine dimensions within life. And getting a really strong understanding of where we sit in our life, because this is what happens if somebody, especially when it comes to building a business or whatever it is, we're focusing on so much of that one thing. We're just like, all right, I want to take care of that. And the irony is sometimes what we need to do is take some pressure or attention off that to take care of the part of our life that we've been neglecting. And what I mean by that is say with business, we're focusing so much on business. We're not taking care of our relationship. We're not getting the support that we need from that relationship and then feel very alone in business. And it's not really working out that well, or say with a mindset part or within a hobby or friendships, or there's so many areas of life that need to be taken care of. How huge one. Absolutely. So when we got that, we, we, I, that's where I love to start with my clients is having a look at that as a baseline of going, all right, well, what's this, what's the stage? What's the status of your life? But is it in its wholeness and where we need to look? And so that becomes the theme of going, well, what area are we going to really focus on first and foremost? That's going to make a difference. And not only just make a difference, we start connecting to what's really important. Most people, they look at it at, at, the, at the end of it and go, I already knew that. I knew it. I knew it secretly. I knew it on this level that I wasn't really previously prepared to admit. And when it comes out, they admit it at face the reality and go, wow, now that is important. I've got um, an emotional connection to actually making a change on that. That's really the first step. And, and what I believe is really powerful goal setting because it's more than just going, ah, it's a nice to have. I was told, somebody told me that was important. And when I ask someone, all right, well, this is what your goal is. Tell me why it's important. Tell me why it matters. And if they can't, I know they're not, if they can't do that, I know, or if it's something really weak, I know they're not going to take care of it. They're yeah. not going to attend. I say bullshit. You're not going to do it. Yeah. And, or it's somebody else's goal for them. Yeah. Parent, teacher. Yeah. Society. Spouse. Yeah. Society. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you don't mind me just spending a few moments to tell you about my new book. I'm very excited. It's called Think Simple, Win Big, How to Build the Business of Your Dreams with a Few Simple Goals. And it's a rewrite of my original book, Goals Do Come True. And it's especially available for entrepreneurs, either new entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs who want to get the fundamentals right with their business. So if you are interested in getting your hands on a copy, go to my website, www.dougbennett.co.uk. Anyway, let's go back to the podcast. And so... Tell me why it matters. I know you take care of it. If you can't, there's no point in even writing it down. So that's that's really the first step. And then the second step is really considering, actually, there's another step in between that that I do is I, I love to reflect on that area that I'm going to set the goal in is going, what's three to five things that have gone really well in this area? And and it's, it's a nice way to go, actually, because when we connect with something that we're not that good at, say the... Say the idea is, you know, say we're talking about a New Year's resolution, want to get really fit. And usually it's coming from a place of going, oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit lazy. I'm a bit overweight. My fitness is not where it wants. And it's a kind of almost like a negative starting point yeah. rather than go, actually, well, I did go for that walk. or I did do that thing or whatever. It puts us in a, in a place of empowerment to go, okay, well, I'm going to keep doing that. 
That's 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 really good. I'm not. I don't want to make decisions that are going to neglect or push away the things that are already going well in this area. And we've always got things that are going well in this area. And the next thing within that to go right, well, what's the three to five things that want to do differently, change up, do more of, stop tolerating. And that's a nice way to brainstorm to get clarity and going. All right, well, how are we going to be shaping this goal? I like all of that. It's all you know. It's good good stuff. It's, it's like yeah, let's build on on the stuff that we're already doing. And not mm. beat ourselves up from the stuff that we're not. Yeah. Well, so that's easy we, to do. We can't empower ourselves from a place of just beating ourselves up. It's, we're all like complete, able human beings. We're not, none of us are broken. None of us are missing. There's just areas that maybe we're not noticing yet that we need to turn up, bring more attention to. And, th- and that's step three, noticing what it is that we're going to need to turn up in order for this Whatever this element of, we haven't even got to the goal yet, mm. but we know the realm or the area of life that we're going to be setting the goal in, and we know what's been going well and what we're going to need to do differently. Now we can start thinking, well, what attribute am I going to really need to turn up with? And these yeah, two categories so could be a masculine energy, a grit, a drive, determination for a lot of people. I'm going to need to do it. Or it could be a feminine energy to go, well, actually, I'm really already highly driven. My My thing that I'm not that good at is actually taking care of myself, a bit of self-compassion, maybe a self-nurture, a bit of a, a bit of forgiveness when I'm not getting it quite right, allowing myself to be who it is that I'm being and just achieve at my own pace. People will fit into one or two of the two categories. So either kind of probably what I've seen a lot of is either determination or it's self-care and self-compassion could be the two common attributes that we bring into, into the goal that we need to allow ourselves to, or maybe it's both actually. Yeah, I mean that's always a possibility. I mean, you know, if you if you're starting from a position of of lack, you know, you've not done this before, you're probably not even aware that. You know, I'm listening to this. I do a lot of work on myself. You know, I read a lot. I'm quite aware, but you know, when you have conversations with people and you you actually realise that they they don't appreciate that there is a need to look after you. So much, you know, oh, I'm also busy. I'm always so busy. And it's like, well, look, you're not a brain surgeon. Nothing that you do is that important. Why don't Mm. you book two hours out for yourself, goes in the diary, it's for you. If it was an appointment with a client, an important client, you wouldn't have any interruptions for it. So it's an appointment with the most important client, yourself, So turn the phone off, turn the TV off, go and find somewhere relaxing and whatever, and just give yourself some time. And that needs to be scheduled in as much as anything else. And I think that's, you know, the self-care thing. And I think there's so many people out there don't do the self-care, you know, because they're all striving for. So I like what you're saying, because again, you know, there's so many relationships that go by the wayside because you've, you know, not discussed what it is that you want to try and achieve and get the buy-in from the relationship so that they understand where you're coming from and understand that, you know, I'm going to be working for the next three weekends, solid, but in the fourth weekend, we'll all of the stuff will have come together and we'll be able to go away for the weekend. Just got to make mm. sure that you'd go away for the weekend and don't like sucker, just get it booked, get it booked when you start the process. And then of course, back to what we were saying is like, well, we put down a thousand dollar deposit on a motorcycle and then all of a sudden the money magically appears to do. The <laughs> yeah. 
I, I like what you're saying, and 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 it's such a common excuse. Oh, I just don't have enough time. One of the things that I love to my immediate response that comes to my mind when people say that I'm like, do you really not have enough time, or is it just that you're not you're just choosing not to notice the time that you have? And because we're all busy people, we've all got stuff in our day, but we've all got the same amount of time, so it becomes a choice on what you're choosing to attend to. That's and exactly. if people aren't choosing to attend to, and I'll I'll put my hand up again. I've this has been something that I've had to develop so much and still developing is that self care ritual and scheduling myself in. And the thing is, is being highly motivated and determined and wanting to get the results and the success. When I took my attention off that, looked after myself, suddenly productive productivity went up and I was able to achieve so much more. And it's mad. It's madness. It doesn't make any kind of sense. Really. You know, not logically. logically. That's the thing. Not logically, you, you say to people, we'll take more time off and you'll be more successful. But emotionally, like, it makes total sense on an emotional level. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that. So, with that, it gives us a bit of a criteria. I, I think it gives us a criteria of going, well, who is it that we need to be in order to achieve this goal? And it's the perfect metaphor, again, metaphor if you like, in terms of going, well, whether we achieve the goal or not is sort of beside the point because what we've actually got along the way is demonstrating and turning up the attribute that we said at the very beginning as well. And you end up being a more rounded person as a result. Yeah. Or, you know, compassionate and, you know, interesting human being. Mm. And, you know, that's not a bad byproduct anyway, even if you miss the goal a little bit. And I, I think that's that's really the beauty of, of setting goals. It's not really sure you want to get the outcome, but it, again, it's the whole cliche of the journey along the way. And, and this is why I believe why so you know, successful people set goals or are they successful because they set goals? <laughs> you know, setting yeah. lots of goals and all that along the way and all ties together. So that was step three. And then after doing all of that, that's where then I'll go and set the goal. So I call it the wig. You call it the bag. I call it the wig, the wildly important goal. Wildly, you call it, yeah. Wildly important goal, yeah. And and I guess part of the structure of that is using things like the smart smart criteria. I think that is really important. We're, we're taught this in, in business and, you know, in school, and it's pretty common. Most people know it. It needs to be specific, measurable, attainable, timely. Oh, what was the other one? Realistic. Realistic, yeah. I don't know how to spell smart, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be yeah. reasonably smart to be able to spell smart. Yeah, uh, I think so. <laughs> and so then we can write the goal. And when we write the goal with everything that we just talked about, you can imagine now if you go away and did this for yourself, how different the writing the goal now is when you consider everything that it is that we just discussed, the three other steps, rather than just going straight to writing the goal. And I do this over and over again with my clients. They'll write the goal and then we go through all that and they're like, what was I thinking to write that? And yeah. it might be some labor or version of it, but it will be quite different in terms of the way, what the result's going to be. And and through, and like we just mentioned, through actually getting the result of the goal as well. And then I love to really add another layer on that is using what we call the sensory acuity system or the internal representation system of the way that we experience the world is through our senses. And the main ones being visually, visually in terms of what we're seeing and then internal visual is, is our memories, what it is that we're feeling, 
So feeling externally of basically what we're touching, but then also what we're experiencing emotionally or, you know, sensations and, and feelings there, what you hear. So again, is it applauds if you're standing on stage or music that you love listening to or whatever, and then that internal dialogue, what it is that we're telling ourselves. And what science shows is what we are creating in our minds and what we're seeing externally in the real world, there's actually no difference within our minds. So we can create the outcome and connect with all of this on an internal level as if we've already created it and define what that is. So once we're getting to the completion of the goal, we are actually going to recognize it on just more than just a logical level going, oh, yeah, this is what I wrote down. I've achieved it. We're going to recognize it because we know what it's going to feel like. We know what it is that we're going to be seeing. We know what we're going to be telling ourselves. We know what we're going to be hearing. And we're creating it as if it's already happened. So then there's a much, much stronger point of really, that reference point of really achieving the goal. It will drag you kicking and screaming towards the goal if you've put that much effort into it. Yeah. There's a few people that probably talk about this, especially maybe in the coaching or the mindset space and bringing this extra level in. Well, like we mentioned, most people don't set goals. So then even fewer people bring this level of detail to it. So it's understandable. There's a lot of people that struggle with doing this the first time. But once we train our brain and how to do this, it can come quite, becomes an automatic response, setting goals. And that's why I don't so much write my goals down, but I go through this whole experience quite quickly. And then it tends to just come to life so quickly because I recognize it. And I think it's the real game changer. It's the, the powerful piece to the puzzle. I think this is quite an important addition to all of the episodes that have come before. You've picked on some really interesting and good and extra bits and pieces because it is very, very simple. You know, I start with the premises like, you know, write your goals down, write them as if you've already achieved them to start with, but actually you're bringing in a considerable amount of more science, more emotion, you know, there's so much extra in there that I can see. And, and, and it's possible I had that sort of stuff in me anyway for, you know, somehow or another. You know, Absolutely. I think po- possibly the reading, the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm emotionally quite intelligent. You know, I'm, I'm aware of, of, of stuff in, in that respect, which sounds a little bit arrogant when I say it out loud, but it just not is. Not at all. Like, I, 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 what it is, I, you know. Not at all. And this is what I mean by I, I believe everyone does have this within them. They just haven't been taught to recognize it and leverage it for the use of good. Because let me put it this way. Think about the things that you feel like aren't possible for you. You almost future pace yourself and going, oh, no, I'd, I'd feel really embarrassed if that happened or, you know, like somebody make fun of me and I'll tell myself how like I'm not good enough. And we do all this in order to keep ourselves safe from the goal, but we don't do it to empower us. So it's just a flick. Let's reverse all that. A lot of people could turn up to coaching conversations and tell me what it is that they don't want. I'm like, so you're an expert at what you don't want. Tell me what it is that you do. And they're like, oh, mm, that's really hard. I didn't think of that. <laughs> that, that. That's also a powerful statement. That is mm. also a powerful. Yes. I mean, start thinking about what you do want. Yeah. And just forget about what you don't. Oh, but that is a tough one. That takes some doing without support. I think. Mm. Absolutely. I, I, I do really, really acknowledge that. You know, like it's easy for us to 
you know, have a bit of a joke and a laugh about it. And, you know, we laugh, I laugh about it with my clients as well. And they're like, oh man, that was so obvious. Why didn't I ever do that? But it does make sense. Again, on an emotional level, I believe people focus on what it is that they don't want to keep themselves safe from having to take responsibility to create what it is that they do. If you go and say what it is that you do want, now you've got a level of responsibility to take care of it. And that's really scary. It's really uncertain. It's putting yourself out there. There's accountability and ownership with it. So it's easy just to say, well, I'll just complain I'll about it. I'll, I'll stick with where I am. You know, yeah. nobody's going to notice anyway. And, you know, yeah, it's, I'm not going to be challenged. I'm not going to yeah. be pushed. And yeah, I mean, it's a shame. It's a shame when you consider what we're so capable of. Mm. It's the state human body. beings. Yeah. Just defending the status quo. And, but at the end of the day, it's a choice. That might be an unconscious choice, but it's still a choice on some level. And it is a shame. I, I believe society has a lot to answer for it. I believe our education systems have a lot to answer for that. You know, there's a, there's a lot of just the way the constructs of how humanity has become to exist allows that to happen. So it's us as individuals have to, or can decide to stand up against that status quo, reject the mediocrity and say, man, I want to do so much more. I get, yes. There's so many people already doing it. I can do it too. But it comes back down to going, all right, am I ready to step into the uncertainty, into the fear, reject all of that and do something different? And for most people, for a lot of people, it's if they're doing it alone, usually it's no. So that's where, you know, my biggest piece of advice for anyone is just never go it alone. Find someone that know, can hold your hand and take you through it that knows how to do it to fully support you. It's great to do it with a friend, but, you know, to do it with a, a professional in the space is a totally different ballgame. Yeah. And instead of taking two or three years to do it, it's something that we can do in three months. Yeah. Get the same outcome. And that, yeah. that's pretty exciting what's possible within that. Well, and the, and the thing about this, and you know, people look at it. Oh, I can't, you know, I can't afford to do. And it's like, well, you can't afford not to. Yeah. If you consider, you know, a good coaching program. Mm. Right? If you got, to, you you got to find, you know, the right one. So every now and again, you're going to kiss a couple of frogs along the way. Same right? everything, which is life in general. So you know. Do a little bit of try before you buy until you find somebody that, you know, is is on your wavelength, says, you know, is is in your zone. Hmm. Then think about, I mean, there's so many people out there, you know, they've got 60, 70,000 pounds worth of university debt, schooling okay. and all the rest of it. And then they, you know, struggling with investing 5,000 pounds for a three-month program, the likes of which is going to make a difference to the rest of their life. Seriously, yeah. You know, it's an investment. It's, it's never a cost. It's just you need to invest in yourself. But, mm -hmm. you know, try and find the free stuff, okay? Don't go overboard on the free stuff. Mm -hmm. Look for some free stuff. Find somebody that you like a lot, you know, you just like connected with them. And then from there, it's like, right. Okay. Forget everybody else. Because if you're aligned, 
then the process will be a lot simpler. You'll enjoy it a whole lot more. The results yeah. will be considerably more fabulous. And and the lessons that you learn stay with you forever. Yeah. So on that note, right, I know you've got a small mini course, right, available on yeah. your website. We're, we're going to make sure that the information is available in the show notes. But tell us a little bit about what that does. And then I'm go- I've got my final question for you which you wouldn't have or had any clue what it's going to be, but it's, it's a good one. I love those ones. Yeah. Well, so I put together a whole program, the Entrepreneur Accelerator program, which was about taking people from, actually it, it really appeals to anyone on their journey, whether they're someone that's stuck in, stuck in their, uh, in a reality that they don't want and just want to get going through to someone that say, tried a few things, affiliate marketing or, you know, multi-level marketing or network marketing or whatever. They made a few steps, but they just haven't really accelerated on their journey. They're not quite sure what's missing through to someone. And I think I've had a few clients come through like this and it's a little bit of the saddest one. Somebody's that built a successful business, but they've actually built a, a successful fortress around them and they've just enrolled themselves back into something that's even worse than a job. And they're going, well, should I just invest so many X amount of years into this? And I realize it's not really what I want. And so what I realized is it's actually a very similar thing that's happening along the way. And it comes back to the three pillars within the program, which we go quite in depth into its vision. So what is it? And when I ask someone what their vision is, <laughs> one of the most generic answers they come out with, so I just want to sit on the drink on the beach and drink cocktails and just relax. I'm like, this is not a vision. This is escapism. <laughs> and trust me, we try- just drag you from that. Didn't we yeah. just drag you from that to, to record? On the beach, <laughs> yeah. having his coconut cocktail. I tried it. Yeah. I've tried it. After three or four days, I get for it. So now I I treat myself to it of an evening. But yeah, vision. There's there's three parts. There's three criteria within the vision that we don't really have time to go into. But it's mm. all criteria benchmarked out. But once we've got the vision, then we can. The first thing that we notice is, well, if I was the person that that I need to be to live the vision, I'd already be living it. So then the question becomes, who is it that I need to become? Who is it that I need to be? To live that vision and this creates a roadmap for what we kind of touched on here is the attributes the characteristics the values the beliefs the standards the expectations so then we can bring that vision into life and so then the third pillar is the velocity and it's all the um replicable frameworks the strategies the implementational steps if you like to go on that journey and complete it. So the full program is over 12 weeks. It's actually going to be extended um, to 14 weeks because there's some more gold that I just have to include. I just, can't, I just can't help myself. But then I realized that what I just described could be packaged into an, into a mini workshop series. So for me, I, I, I started on this journey because I just love serving as much of the information that I have. And I get it. Not everyone is ready to, I, I was, uh, again, I'll be the first one to put up my hand. I was never into personal development. I was never into coaching. I wasn't even able to spend $14 on a domain in case I didn't get the return on it. <laughs> so I've come quite a long way from that. And you know, it took a lot of personal development for myself to get there. And I get that's where there are many people there. So I wanted to go, well, how can I compress a, a 12-week course down into a mini workshop series? So I created the Adventure uh, Entrepreneur Accelerator method, which outlines all the methodology in terms of the vision, the values, the velocity, what adventurepreneurship is, the difference between mentoring and coaching to really help starting to determine the thinking and what individuals actually need. Because I think mentoring and coaching kind of gets blended together way too much and they're quite... Mm-hmm 
different, actually. They're actually opposites, but complement each other really well, depending on where an individual is on their journey. So yeah, that's something that I love to give away for free. Jump into that. It's pretty, pretty valuable. Yeah, it's really valuable if someone's wanting to go on and create, I say adventure lifestyle business. There's a lot of people that go down. I don't want a business. I just want an adventure lifestyle. Can this work for me? I'm like, well, yeah, it's actually designed to create the lifestyle that it is that you want, not the lifestyle that I tell you you should have, which is a gameplay contrast. So that's available on my website, which is Parallax Transformations. We'll put it in the probably difficult spelling, maybe not the best name to call <laughs> because it's hard to spell. Parallaxtransformations.com. Or the other way is through the Parallax Adventurepreneur Facebook community. This I just recently opened up for, to become a public community. It used to be private just for clients. Now I've opened it up publicly. And again, it's got the guides, got that workshop. It's got some of the live events that I've done, facilitations in there. One of the more recent ones was becoming a serial winner. It's my favorite module. So there's a code to becoming a serial winner. And this is objectively not calling yourself on other people. Like that, that's how it actually came about. I didn't even name that. Somebody like, Dan, you become a serial winner. How'd you do it? And I decoded it. And then I'll have that. <laughs> yeah, I'll have that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm really proud of that one. A lot of it's it's my favorite topic to facilitate, and it's a favorite topic for clients as well. Um, so that's in the group, and there's a few other really cool things in there as well, which is all totally free. Okay, well, we'll make sure those links are contained in the show notes, so that you just need to, you know, go to the notes, click the button, and and you'll have access to it. So, final question before we go, because I know you know it's probably getting close to your bedtime. It is almost. Yeah, I wake up early. <laughs> right. So goal setting. Daniel, nugget of information that the world needs to know that we haven't heard already. Daniel Nugget. I think step five, if there was one from everything that we've gone through is weekly top fives. wonder if anyone else has talked about this. Weekly top fives, which is what I see a lot of people do, especially ones with like high determined people as they write huge lists. And what happens is that at the end of the week, they get through like, say, a list of 20 things and they they tick off three or four of them or whatever, some of them and go, man, I suck. I didn't get through my list. Whereas I say, do a weekly top five, five top most important things that are going to be directly tied to your goal. Get those done as a matter of priority that are related to the goal. And then on a Sunday or the end of the week or whatever, reflect on how you went and write the next top five. And so these are micro commitments, like what we're talking about, just taking micro steps that are related. If I, if I asked you, okay, this number three on your top five, how does that relate to the goal? You can't tell me exactly how it relates. You know, it doesn't have to be a direct correlation, but you're like, I can, I've got to do this. So then I, it enables me to do this and then practice that, which will allow me to do the goal. Good. You know, it's important. If you can't do that, it's not important. There you go. That's what it is. Top fives, game changer. Fives. There we go. Top fives, game changer, everybody. Daniel, it's been absolutely fabulous. Um, I'm so pleased that, you know, you took the time out of your evening to come and join us and we'll make sure that all of your stuff is contained in the show notes. And yeah, I'm going to connect with you on Facebook so I can see these pictures from Nepal on your your motorbike. Thank you so much. I might have to connect. Well, I'll definitely connect and uh, maybe ask for the the points, the reference points that we must visit locations (laughs) along the way. Got to do the Rotang Pass. If you can do the Rotang Pass, R-H-O-T-A-N-G. Unfortunately, that was the last bit of our journey and there was a slide, you know, a rock slide. So the road was closed. 
and we had to climb down and get a cab and it's like oh my god we left the bikes up the top and but you know looking <laughs> at it looking at it on the map it was like this was going to be the best bit but oh, right. everything oh. else was awesome anyway but the road tank pass if you could do that that would be cool we'll get some awesome videos we'll get a point of view so it looks like it, you feel like you're riding it how's that yes that's got to be <laughs> yeah nice little gopro on your chest so it's going through the screen and you can see everything be awesome awesome not a problem at all we can do that daniel thank you very much again thank you mate we'll talk soon thanks for listening don't forget to review and subscribe on apple google or spotify i'd love to hear about your goals you can share them with me at dougbennett.co.uk 